everyone, and welcome to a fresh edition of the Rainbow Skyline Podcast, a podcast about the Denver Nuggets from your friends at The Athletic. My name is Nick Cosmeter. I am joined by my co-host, Kendra Andrews, and um, we're back after a, uh, a week hiatus. Um, some stuff going on in the world, obviously. <laughs> um, and we were supposed to record last Wednesday, uh, which was the night, of course, that the NBA came to a grinding halt. Um you know, as much of the world has with the outbreak of the coronavirus that has um, really, you know, affected every way of life in, in the world right now. And um, but, you know, the beauty of that is, is that um, we can still record podcasts in our sweatpants. And I'm pretty sure that we're just going to call this the sweatpants series because I'm down for that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Kendra, how, how has life been for you? I mean, again, March 11th was the night that the NBA stopped. Um, yeah. It's been one week since then. What, what the heck have you been up to? It feels much longer than a week. It feels like a month at this point. Um, have not been doing much. Have been rotating my sweatpants, as you Good. have mentioned. I think I need to invest in some more sweatpants right now. But, you know, just a lot of – I live by myself, so I've been sitting in my apartment watching Netflix – trying to find, I've been going back and forth between criminal minds and I'll watch a lot of criminal minds and then I'll get a little creeped out. So then I watch like master chef to kind of, to kind you of know, ease the mood. calm down, you know, not get too freaked out. <laughs> um, <laughs> lots of FaceTiming, very yep. thankful full technology. I just ordered two 1000 piece puzzles nice. to keep me occupied, but I'm sure you with your 10 month old, 11 month old, you've had your, you've been still been busy. I'll tell you, I, I might be one of the only people out there. Not what, not one of the only people I'm sure I have company, but who's like quarantine has become a harder job <laughs> <laughs> than, uh, than the regular job before the quarantine began. Uh, because yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Camden, my son is, uh, he's almost 11 months. He'll be 11 months old on April 1st. And, um, you know, so he, he is active. I mean, he's like, we're, we're close to walking. He's, he's pulling himself up and kind of walks around the house by like holding on to stuff, but he is very much mobile and, um, you know, a little bit stir crazy. So yeah. that has been, uh, that's kind of been what I'm up to. I, I see all these people being like, Oh, I've, I've done this. I've watched this TV show. I've been to this whole TV show. I was like, Oh, cool. Must be nice. <laughs> That's be nice. nice. Oh, yeah. you're learning been to cook. Sleeping are you? all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're sleeping 12 hours a day and you learned how to cook. Oh, that's, that's fun. Yeah. Um, so you won't no, be it's... coming back with any new hobbies then. Cause like you said, everyone's getting new hobbies. You won't have any. Oh my gosh. I'm going to be like, uh, I'm just going to be so, I mean, it's, it's been one of those situations where it really does though, make you, um, I mean, just make you appreciate all the totally. all the little things that I mean, we can we can get into all of that and everything like that. But um, no, it's it's um, it's it's definitely just just been a, a complete life change. And uh, but you know, talking about the basketball aspect of it, um, I was on the road with the Nuggets uh, last Wednesday in Dallas um, when it happened. And what was so staggering about this whole situation was just how quickly it all occurred. And you know, of course, you were there Monday night as well when the Nuggets hosted the Bucks, mm -hmm. and it was that night that they were uh, saying when the rules had been announced, right? That the, the yeah. media was going to need to be six to eight feet back. They were creating separate rooms in which visiting and and uh, home coaches could do interviews. And you know, it seemed at that point it was like, you know, okay, this is, you know, this is this precaution that they're taking and and all those kind of things. And you know, we'll we'll go we'll go with it, and and that and that's fine. Um, 
those we we got one day of those guidelines before yeah. before the whole season got canceled and it's just that to me was what was so jarring about it because we showed up to American Airlines Center in Dallas uh, Wednesday morning to do sh- uh, to interview players and coaches and and coach Michael Malone after shoot around and the topic of the day at that point was like what would it be like to play in, in arenas without fans. And it was, it was one of those things where players were having a hard time wrapping their mind around it. There was no discussion of, there were no questions. There was no discussion of like, well, what if the whole season gets canceled and, or, or suspended rather. And so, you know, that, that wasn't even kind of on anybody's mind, you know, in terms of us talking to them and the players talking, talking to us about that. And then within hours, uh, you know, again, go interview pregame. Michael Malone says, Hey, I don't, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You know, we just have to focus on now. And sure enough by, it wasn't even tomorrow that, that he's then in, in the locker room after I'm, I'm sorry, at the podium after the game saying this feels like a movie. And, um, it really did. It, it really did. I, I, you know, by the time all this stuff was happening, by the time we got to the arena, the NCAA had already announced that it was canceling March madness. Uh, um, I'm sorry that they were going to play March madness with no fans. And so it's certain we certainly knew that this was going to be the last game that got played with fans. That that much was obvious. Um, and so when you show up at American Airlines Center, the media seating is right by the court, but it is tight. You're you're crammed around tons of other reporters. The fans are right right behind you. Then you see the officials, all the game operations people, and all of a sudden, with all this with all this in mind, and starting to read more and understand more about what we were really dealing with, it was like wow, this is not somewhere that I really particularly want to be. Um, and so, you know, but at halftime, I walked back into the media room and I was like, you know what, I think I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna watch the game from here and, and, and go about it that way. And within those minutes that I had walked to the media room came the news that Rudy Gobert had tested positive for the coronavirus. And minutes later was the news that the NBA season had been suspended. And so, of course, I then rushed back out to the court to, to get, you know, to, to, to take in the scene, to get reaction. Um, and it was just, it was just staggering. Uh, there were some players you could tell who, who were starting to understand the news, whether it be by an assistant coach who told them or, or someone else they heard it from. There were some players on the floor you could tell kind of um, were, were hearing the news and, and, and just kind of being stunned and, and trying to figure out how to play through that. At the very end of the game, though, at the end, when players were hugging at the at midcourt, I could tell that Luka Doncic told Nikola Jokic uh, what was happening, and hit, the look on his face was just, you know, stunned, which, which we all which we all were. Um, and you know, I, I can't thank the Nuggets enough for for afterward. Michael Malone leaves the press conference room, and, and I get a call from uh, from Tim Conley, and and you know, he they might be they might be um, I don't know frustrated at me for sharing this, but I I, I just. I just really feel like it needs to be told that, that they reached out to myself and, and to Michael Singer, the the uh, reporter for the Denver Post, to, to help make sure that we got home. You know, made sure that they made arrangements to get us home that night, and um, and it was it was really nice for them to use that connection to help us. You know, in a time where that that wasn't something I was even thinking about at the moment, and um, so you know, just a real uh, a real shot of appreciation to them for for helping us out. Just a humanity thing, you know, had nothing to do with the reporter team relationship. And so got home really late Wednesday night, um, you know, and then, you know, saw my wife and kid and was just trying to wrap my, wrap my head around all this as we all were. Um, yeah. what was, what was your reaction? I know your sister, Malika Andrews, who works for ESPN was, 
was reporting was reporting from uh was she in san francisco she was in new york she was she was in la and when you know when it started to get more serious and word of fans not being allowed in the arena and you know the media not being allowed in the um in the locker room uh espn sent her back to new york and then i was texting her while she was on the plane and then when she was landing is when the rudy gobert news broke and i was at home cooking and I had the game on kind of in the background. I wasn't really facing the TV at all. Um, just listening to the goings on and stuff. And it was interesting. Well, I won't even say interesting. I don't know what the right word is, but on Monday night, when you were talking about, we were Pepsi center for the nuggets game against the bucks. That was the day that the NBA announced the new rules of media and keeping distance in the new rooms that you were talking about. And Nick O'Hare, the nuggets head of PR was kind of explaining the rules to me in more depth and just kind of some of the reasonings and this is why we're doing it. And he said, look, if one of the players gets it, this is all over. And so when the Rudy Gobert news broke, that's the first thing I thought about. And I was like, well, this is all over. Like there's no way that they're going to continue this season right now. They're, they're going to have to end it. Um, I was, I was a little surprised that they kept, the game going like I get it but I was still a little surprised you were talking about you could see some of the players finding out and just from the tv angle on ESPN you could see the fans you could see that they were checking their phones and obviously the news was spreading over Twitter and they were showing their friends the phone you could see Mark Cuban's reaction was obviously when he found out the league was suspended was really big and so and then I sat there for the next I think three or four hours watching ESPN just being like what is happening taking in as much information as I can trying to figure all of this out and I mean even since then just every day I feel like there's something new whether it's Donovan Mitchell or now some people on the nets and just it's it's all just going like you said it's moving so so quickly it's pretty unreal yeah, it is. And it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's something that, that we're obviously that, that's unique about this is like, it's, it's not a league thing. It's something that we're, um, that we're all dealing with. I, you know, I thought that originally too, about the, about the playing the game, but I, I think in retrospect, um, you know, kind of just talking to some people and, um, you know, thinking back on it, I, I think had they at halftime, um, you know, canceled that game or, or I, I think it wasn't even full, it might not have even, got announced about the NBA suspension until right after the third quarter started. It was like right in that, in mm-hmm. that zone. And so I think, I think what you're doing in that, in that case is potentially causing, um, you know, maybe causing some kind of panic or, or just really kind of a lot of anxiety um, if you cancel it as opposed to just finishing the game and then, um, and then going on from there. So, uh, it, but it was just, again, it was just a whirlwind of a night. And, uh, but you know, since then, I think what, what came down from the nuggets to kind of just give an update on how they went about handling all this was, um, you know, players were told or were recommended to, to stay in their homes, um, to stay more or less in their homes, to only leave kind of for things that they, they absolutely needed to go do, um, you know, kind of for, for three or four days to sort of, uh, just monitor their own health. Um, you know, they were given a lot of literature, uh, stuff that was sent from the league to the teams to distribute. All the players and staff members um, got all that, and then they were in constant communication with members of the Nuggets training staff. And, and so, for the first three or four days, that, that 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 was kind of what they were doing: those constant communications, constant check-ins about how everybody was feeling. Um, and so, and then obviously, since then, before those three or four days even ended, you know, the the 
the regulations from the Colorado governor, both from a state mm-hmm. and, and city level where we live in Denver, um, ha- has been the uh, the closure of all the bars and restaurants and, and, and sort of any other kind of gathering places at all, um, you know, except for, for delivery and takeout and, and pickup type type food services. And so there's really there's really nowhere to be now, but I think it's been even hammered upon them even more to, um, you know, again monitor your monitor your symptoms because you know as we know with as we've learned with this thing the incubation period, um, you know, it can be up to 14 days. So you you want to wait and, and and be sure that after again your the the most exposure they've probably had was was in in the week before um, those games. Now obviously they didn't play the Nets or or the Jazz, um, or the Pistons uh, in that stretch, all teams that have had a player to this point test positive. Uh, but again, it was just sort of an abundance of caution. At this point, as, as we sit here now, this on uh, on Wednesday afternoon, I, uh, as I understand it, there have not there have not been tests done for Nuggets players um, because at this point, everybody is is asymptomatic, and I, I think that um, you know again that it's we have we're, we're experiencing here in our state just like a lot of others are that. The testing, um, you know, isn't isn't easy to get, and so I think that they're taking that approach um, of of if, if certainly if, if players show symptoms or if or if there becomes a known direct exposure, um, then then they shift course on that. But as far as as far as I understand it right now, of talking to talking to team officials and, and people around the organization, um, you know, players to this point have not been, and so we'll obviously continue to come with updates. Anything we hear about uh, about that, uh, we will certainly. Uh, keep you guys updated. And in the meantime, I think, you know, this podcast, we're still going to come at you once a week. And um, obviously, we're all kind of taking this as it comes, but we're going to have, I think, a lot of different fun content, whether it's um, exploring some historical aspects of the Nuggets. I, I think we still have a lot to talk about with this season, both both in terms of what could come, should it continue, and, and really a, a retrospective and dive into what we learned from this season uh, if it's not to continue. And, you know, Kendra, on, on that note, I think, I think the way to turn it, you know, at this point is just to kind of look at where the Nuggets were. Um, yeah. so, so 43 and 22, third place in the Western Conference. And the thing that I keep thinking about is, you know, no, we don't know if the season will continue or not. I, I think there is some optimism there. Uh, certainly if it does, I think it wouldn't be in the way that we knew it now. Like we're probably going back to that empty stadium talk, the idea of, potentially playing the games in smaller venues. Um, you know, maybe if it's playoffs, they get everybody at a neutral site uh, to, to limit exposure and, and, and just play it that way. But again, the Nuggets at 43 and 22, just sort of playing really kind of average basketball up until the time the season started. Um, but, you know, wh- where, where do you kind of take it now from here? If you're the Nuggets, what are you kind of looking at? Like if this season is done – you know, how do we look at it? And, and, and I think, but I, but I think more importantly, people aren't really quite ready to accept that reality. So what, what is sort of for you in your mind, um, the next step for them in, in, in terms of where they are and, and what, what the season would look like, should it continue? Totally. There, yeah. No one knows what's going to happen. There's talks of at first it was okay. This is going to last 30 days. Now there's people saying and report saying, well, it can be two months, which would put us you know, around June for the start of playoffs or the, or the, the resumption of the season, which is usually, I mean, usually the season ends in early playoff. Or, gosh, I cannot talk. This is what happens when I don't talk to anyone for a couple of days. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah, um, early April, it's usually though, when, yeah. yeah, it's usually when the season ends is in early June. Um, so I, I think, I mean, I think it's important for them to not completely let go of the season yet because it is such a, 
question mark and really no one knows what's going on yet um, from top to bottom. So I think it's important to to keep that mindset going. But as, as from like a front office perspective, I would start looking ahead at the possibility of, okay, if the season is done, they have a lot of free agents this summer. And a lot of people, I mean, I think at the top of the free agent list should be a guy like Jeremy Grant. And then you have other guys who are going to be free agents like Paul Millsat, Mason Plumley, Tori Craig, all these guys. So I think I would kind of start looking at that, figuring out who do we want to keep, who, who are we aggressively going to try and keep, they have that one draft pick. What do we want to do with that one draft pick? Um, I So if I was a front office person, I think my attention would start to slowly turn toward that. Um, and if I am a coach and I'm a player, I would try and stay optimistic and locked in on assuming that at some point the season will resume and I want to be ready for that when that happens. Yeah. It's so, it's such a fascinating thing, right? Because of like, you know, if you're an organization and you're trying to, you're trying to put the message out to your players and, and, and how you're kind of building, you know, building the messaging of like, okay, guys, we still think that this is going to happen. Um, you know, we we're a playoff team. So if it, if it just starts and, and the playoffs begin, like we have to be ready to go. Um, you know, but obviously the, the amount of, um, training and workout is, is limited, right? Because the NBA said you can go to the facilities, you can work with an assistant coach, um, you know, but it needs to be kind of individual workouts, you know, all the social distancing practices they're asking their teams to comply with in terms of, um, you know, being more than six feet away from, from, from teammates and, and that kind of thing as they work out. So, but that, that's a limited amount of time or a limited amount of, I guess, um, kind of arsenal that you have to, to work out with. And so that, that's all part of it. How long in a, in a player's, how long mentally mm-hmm. can you kind of stay locked in and say, Hey, I still think we're going to play. I'm still going to just like keep it locked into to understanding that that's what it is versus like, you know, when, at what point do you, you know, do you kind of just say, this is, you know, this is lost. That to me is a fascinating idea because obviously I think every player you know, these players don't all think the same. It's 510 guys in this league. I don't I don't think that they're all thinking the same thing one way or the other. So it's it's an interesting situation to me of of how how the mindset is, um, you know, for people who are who for for players who are trying to to figure out how the season's going to start. And again, as we talk about this, you know, it's I, it's important to me to, to say, look, th- these are things we're, we're talking about basketball. People want to hear about basketball. And, and I think as, as certainly as we even continue to get further into some of these new ways of life, it's going to be even more imperative to try to find some semblance of normalcy. And, and so I think, you know, as little as we can do in the grand scheme of things, I, I would like to think that that's one small you know, tiny thing we could do is to give that to folks who, who crave it. Um, but I, at the same time, I, I think that it's important to, kn- to know that we are aware that these things are pale in comparison to what a lot of mm-hmm. people are going through, whether it's, um, you know, people who are actually sick themselves or whose relatives are sick or who are just feeling the crunch um, of all these, you know, in, these necessary but tough regulations that have been um, enacted. So, Anyway, I just kind of wanted to, to get that out of the way. And, and with all that said, it, it, again, it's just a fascinating thing to me about how, where your mind goes in terms of um, how you stay stay ready versus allow yourself to just kind of, you know, also relax and not know that tomorrow is not going to bring the start of the season, right? It's going to be a long play here um, that we're looking at. 
But the other thing that I just wanted to hit on maybe today was if the Nuggets do start the playoffs um, right away, if that's what the team's doing. Again, we don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll play a few more games to get people going. Um, you know, we, we just don't know. But let's you know just as a you know as a thought exercise, if they start the playoffs right away, Nuggets are the three seed. They would play the six seeded Rockets. Um, you know, that's not necessarily a matchup for a lot of the season that we kind of we kind of looked at as a first round series. Um, the Rockets have have fallen a little bit. That's how they got down to the six. They were um, they lost three games in a row before they lost the last one before the uh, hiatus. Um, what the what's the first thing that kind of stands out to you if if that were to be the matchup? Uh, well, I mean, obviously the the Rockets kind of switched up their style, I guess you could say. You know, going going that real small ball, uh, and I think I mean the Nuggets have proven that they that they can play smaller when all when they were going through all those injuries. You know, then they had uh, Paul and they had Jeremy out on the floor together. They proved that they can go smaller, but obviously their their main guy, everything revolves around Nikola Jokic. So that's kind of what I think about. I also think about. It doesn't really for me this this thought doesn't necessarily have to do with who they play against, but just the state that the Nuggets were in before this. And the Rockets a little bit too. I mean, there were a lot of teams that were going through, you know, some struggles. You talked about the Rockets slipping. They obviously slipped a bit more than the Nuggets, but the Nuggets were up there in that too. And then after the All-Star break, just we're really struggling to find that rhythm. And so I can't I mean, I can't imagine that having a possibly two to three month hiatus from playing full speed basketballs like maybe like it's hard for me to think that that would help with you know ironing out any kinks that they were having because they can't I, I practice don't know. like i, don't know. I go like, back and forth i go back and forth because yeah, maybe they'll I have just, this refreshed boom yeah, that they just I, they're just itching to play that's true i think but i think i think every team is going to have that I do, I do think what would happen if they if the if the nba resumes is the just the desire and, and kind of the want to and um you know the understanding of, of what came so close to be t- being taken away like I, I just think you would see kind of like everybody at their best um and, and, it, and it's going to be fascinating because when you take that long of a break it, it's almost like a brand new a brand new season in a way like everything you're almost like everything is new muscle memory um you're, you're kind of having to, to find everything again so i i think it would be fascinating i mean heck do the rockets like i mean granted now that they don't really have the personnel to play any way other than the way that they're now playing but like with all that time and and stuff like do they say hey let's maybe this isn't the way to play against this particular team but if 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 that series just happens um irrespective of like how teams get back into their rhythm it's just fascinating right like Mm -hmm. the 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 nuggets are going to be the only team in the western conference playoffs that truly plays through their center, um, that, that makes their center the focal point of what they do. Now, obviously, Rudy Gobert um, is a close, probably a close second, although it, it, offensively, it, it's not that they run things through him. He's he's the recipient of a lot of pick and roll play and stuff like that. The Nuggets are the, probably the team in the NBA, not probably, they are the team in the NBA that most plays through their center, and they would be playing a team that literally doesn't have one. <laughs> um, it, it's just such a fascinating idea. Yeah. And especially because we never got to saw it, see it, right? Because of a quirk of the schedule, the Nuggets got all four of their games against the Rockets done pretty early. And so we never saw them play this current iteration of the Rockets, the team that has six foot six 
PJ Tucker is a center that plays five out basketball, runs the floor, shoots even more threes and you know than they did before, has Russell Westbrook with just all this freedom in the open floor. Um, you know, it, it would just it would just be fascinating uh, to see how that how that would go. Um, you know, I, I think that obviously if the Nuggets can slow it down and play that the way that they want, the 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 Rockets have no answer for what Nikola Jokic could do. I, I think he would be able to to feast in that kind of a series. Um, and even if they chose to, um, you know, double, triple, whatever, uh, he's going to have so many open passing lanes and, and, and nobody obviously in the league is a better passer from that position than he is. Um, and yet, but on the other end, I mean, just having to play outside of the paint continuously, and we've talked a lot about how much better Nikola Jokic has gotten as a pick and roll defender. He's, he's a lot more, mobile laterally than he used to be when he first came into the league. He has a better understanding of exactly where he's supposed to be within the Nuggets defensive concept. Uh, he's got quick hands. He, he knows how to disrupt passing lanes. He does a lot of good things as a defender, but I just feel like the way that the Rockets play will neutralize a lot of those things that he's become a lot better at uh, just simply by the fact that they're going to ha- force him to have to have to be near the three point line. If, if PJ Tucker is the guy that he's having to guard, I, I just I think it'd be fascinating to watch. Um, I, I do think what it would do is it would, it would be a tough series for, for Mason Plumlee because when, when Jokic obviously is still, despite the, the potential mismatches, he's still going to play a ton of minutes. He's going to be your, your most used player. Well, then when he's not on the floor, do you have to match those small minutes? And does that mean playing Jeremy Grant at the five, which we saw the Nuggets have some success with while Plumlee was injured? Um, that, that's another thing that, that I would look at. And, and lastly, I think, you know, we, we know Michael, uh, Michael Malone said right after the All-Star break that Michael Porter Jr. Um, would be in the playoff rotation. Uh, at the same time, he's vacillated a little bit on stuff that he said about Porter simply because um, again, this is a, it's a rookie who is, you know, shown some up and downs and it, it would be fascinating to see if, if, if Porter is one of those guys that really does benefit from the rest that he's had, get his ankle fully healthy, um, you know, and, and just recover from the fact that he's played more games now than he probably had shoot the last three or four years um, combined. And so, but on that same token, when you're talking about a guy like James Harden and Russell Westbrook, um, two guys that Torrey Craig has done a really admirable job on um, throughout the last two years, I just don't see how he's not involved in yeah. that kind of playoff game plan. And if he is, um, then how does Michael Porter get on the floor? When you play small, do you try to play him at the four uh, with Jeremy Grant at the five while you have Ch- Torrey Craig at the three? These are all the, the, Those are some of the first things that I think of when it, when it comes to that kind of a that kind of a series. Um, you know, w- would you like the nuggets overall in that, in that series? I, th- I think so. I think, I think I w- I'm always like that type of person that like, I'm a very visual person. I like to, and so I think after like one game, I'd be like, okay, like I kind of get a, a vibe of how this is going, maybe make my prediction. But I, I would think that especially if Nicole Jokic can just take advantage of that mismatch and he doesn't get, you know, you were mentioning having to go out to the three point to defend, if if that doesn't stump him and they figure out a way to support him in that, and whether that's, you know, if the guy drives by and then collapsing in, making sure that, you know, that no one's left on the perimeter. I know that sounds kind of weird, but, you know, if they can figure that out and then Nikola Jokic can also just completely take advantage on the offensive end, I think that the Nuggets have a really good shot at that. Yeah. No, I, I, it would be, a, it'd be a fascinating series. I, I, 
I mean, the Nuggets had a really hard time winning in Houston. Of course, they, they've done a lot better the last season, the last two seasons. Um, I, I think they're four and zero against the Rockets at home, or th- uh, three three and one against the Rockets at home. Um, so they they have that going for them. Yeah, it'd be a tough series. It'd be a tough <laughs> series. I don't know that I would. It's I I still think it's a rough draw. I, I think the Nuggets are more equipped to play against the Rockets this year than they would have been a year ago, uh, which is which is why it was so beneficial for Denver to avoid Houston in the first round last year uh, with some of the machinations that uh, they had at the end of the season uh, to get that matchup. Um, but it would still be a tough challenge. Again, Russell Westbrook, the way that he's playing, has some of that experience. Um, it, it would come down to Nikola Jokic for sure in terms of um, how he could handle that. And if he could, if he can perform at the level that he did in last year's postseason, there's not there's not a lot that I put past the Nuggets in terms of being able to do in the first couple rounds. Um, but it, I don't know. It'd be yeah. <laughs> it'd be tough. I, it would really, to me, be a coin flip. I think probably a seven game series or a five game series, however they decide to play um, th- those first nice. round series. So um, that, that's how I'm going to go on it. We're going to have, we're going to have a lot more uh, kinds of these discussions. I, I think next week we'll get into, get into some of the talk about, you know, should this season end? What, what are some of the biggest things that we take away? What, what, what are, what's going to be some of the saddest moments um, that we're not going to get to see? What, what are, what are some of the things that uh, this season will be known for outside of obviously this, this, um, you know, never to be forgotten stoppage, uh, so that, that's the kind of stuff we'll hit again. We're going to have we're going to have some interviews with um, with team personnel uh, going forward. So we're going to have a lot of cool stuff. We're going to try to make the show once a week a lot of fun for you guys. So we appreciate you checking in. Uh, you know, stay safe. A lot of love to all of you guys. We appreciate you taking some of this time to check in. Uh, until next time, we'll see you then.